Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's been a minute since I have made a podcast. I've just been working super hard at the doctor's office in Seattle. Um, Those days for me are 12-hour days, four days a week. So that is a lot. And that is on top of my nutrition coaching business. So I'm basically working every day, all day, no breaks. So it does get to be a bit much sometimes, but at the same time, like I love what I do and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so that is what is going on with me, but, um, yeah, so I'm still doing my nutrition coaching. Um, business is booming now more so than ever. So it seems like a good year for nutrition, Um, A lot of people, I think, are just interested in getting in shape after 2020. Um, So a lot of people on fitness journeys right now, myself included. Um, I did get my cycle back. Um, I might have mentioned on the last episode. I'm not sure. Maybe that was Instagram. Um, But I have uh, been telling people about my experience. Um, I lost my period. Um... I don't know, maybe like a month before my, my stage day. Um, and so it did take a good three months to get back. Um, I was extremely anxious the whole time because I felt like that's a sign that you're like unhealthy or you're just too stressed or under eating, over exercising, probably all of the above. Um, which for a lot of girls, it's unavoidable. That is kind of a given that that's going to happen. Um, I of course was trying to, not let that happen, but it did happen. Um, personally, I feel like I lost my cycle because my carbs were cut pretty low. Um, and I'm definitely not blaming my coach or anything like that. I blame myself. I straight up told my coach, um, let's do whatever it takes to lean out in time for a stage day because he was kind of suggesting, well, you know, we don't have to do this show. Maybe we could postpone it a bit. And so I was like, oh, hell no. I have worked too hard. We're doing this. Let's do whatever it takes to get to the stage. Um, and he's like, okay, let's go to 80 carbs. And that's when I lost my cycle. So a lot of times people kind of assume that um, you lose your cycle because fat is really low, but I actually think that's a misconception. Um, My fat was not ever very low. My fat was at, I think the lowest, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 grams of fat. Um, And a lot of my uh, competitor colleagues were at even lower fat and they all had their cycles because their carbs were higher. So I feel very strongly that women need carbs Um, And that would make sense. Carbs are estrogenic. So if you want to maintain your estrogen, you do need to eat carbs. That being said, if you're trying to lose weight and you're, you know, 20 to 30 pounds overweight, um, you probably are a little too estrogenic. So it can be a dieting technique to cut carbs um, and get some of that excess estrogen out. Because in general, people are too estrogenic these days. It's usually not the opposite. But of course, when you're thinking about athletes and bodybuilders, first-time competitors especially, um, you are a little bit more at risk for being low on estrogen just because it's so stressful and usually carbs are pretty low. So um, I feel very strongly that it was not related to my fat macro. I do think it was more the dramatic change in carbs. Um, In the thick of my cut, I was doing... 
uh, I think 120 grams of carbs. And I thought that was pretty low. Um, and then we went from 120 to 80. And so that was a pretty significant cut. I, um, had never gone that low on carbs before. Um, so it was, it was just really stressful on my body. Um, but anyway, my cycle is back and literally all I did was eat more carbs. Um, and I was not very patient, so it was very stressful, but, (laughs) um, it did come back almost exactly at the three month mark, which is kind of like, um, what most people were saying. You just have to give it a good three months and it does return. It just takes the brain, um, a little while to get that signal we're not stressed, we are eating plenty, everything is fine, and then you start your cycle again. Anyway, so that is a little update on where I'm at. I'm feeling really good. Um, So now that I feel healthy and my energy level has completely returned, um, my body goals are just to keep putting on muscle. I was looking at my stage picks today um, and just kind of thinking, dang, I need to put on a lot more muscle. So that is basically my one body goal for 2021, uh, putting on more muscle. Um, but today's topic is actually not um, about bodybuilding or body fat. Um, I wanted to focus a little bit more on the immune system today. It is a pretty hot topic. Um, it's still an ongoing conversation as vaccines are kind of rolling out and then the new Delta variant is, you know, kind of coming up in the media. Of course, they're hyping it up and making it sound like the end of the world, which is always annoying. But still, people are concerned. And of course, like it's a valid concern. Um, You know, we no one wants to be sick. Um, So I think the immune system and what we can do to protect ourselves, um, even if you're vaccinated or not, uh, doesn't matter. There's still a lot you can do um, naturally to protect your immune system. So that is going to be the focus of today. Um, now I have been doing a parasite cleanse, um, and I have a few clients on the parasite cleanse as well. And it's just crazy to hear all of the reports of what people are seeing in the toilet. I know it's always kind of a disgusting conversation, but, uh, it just, never ceases to surprise people when they see parasites and so they are just like super hyped up and like gotta tell someone about it um so I wanted to just explain like the connection between like why do we want to cleanse parasites and what is the connection between parasites and viruses and immunity uh because there is a connection um So sometimes people have found that viral infections will go away when you treat parasites, uh, which is crazy, but parasites can dampen the immune system, and I will explain how. Um, So first of all, I do want to say not all parasites are bad, Um, and in fact, most of us probably live symbiotically, unbeknownst to us, with a few parasites. The thing with parasites is you just don't want them to be overgrown and you don't want the bad ones. Um, You want your immune system and digestive tract to be strong enough to, first of all, live symbiotically with, with them and to not let them get overgrown. 
So that's the, that's the thing to keep in mind. It's not that we need to be like terrified of parasites. I mean, they're kind of disgusting and I really don't like to think about it, but at the same time, you kind of want to like not freak out too much about having parasites because we're probably never going to be, no, I mean, humans are never going to be sterile. We're always going to have some bacteria, some fungus, probably some parasites in us. So that's just kind of like a good um, balanced perspective to keep, I think. However, it does seem like more often than not, parasites are perpetuating disease and chronic illness. So that is why I've recently kind of done a deep dive into parasitic infection how they cause harm and how they affect the immune system. Um, Because I think this is a really important connection for people to make right now. So I'm going to jump into that today. Um, So sometimes viral infections go away when you treat parasites. So why is that? Well, It has to do with your Th1 and Th2 system. So Th1 and Th2, that just stands for T helper 1 and T helper 2 cells. Um, And your T helper cells, those are um, your T cells, your T lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are just a type of white blood cell. And we know that the white blood cells those are responsible for the immune system. Those are what are being activated to kill off invading pathogens, viruses, bacteria, parasites, and all of that. So T T cells, T lymphocytes, they produce cytokines. Cytokines are hormonal messengers that regulate the immune system. Um, typically speaking, cytokines are pro-inflammatory. So the more cytokines being produced, the more inflammation, the more allergic reaction you're going to have. Um, so they're usually thought of in a bad way, but not all of them are inflammatory. Some of them are actually anti-inflammatory. Um, okay. So you might be familiar with, um, CD4. Those are the T helper cells. Um, There's CD4 and there's CD8. We're going to focus on CD4, which are the T helper cells. Those produce the most cytokines. Um, And so Th1 and Th2, those are just different pathways under the umbrella of your CD4 immune system pathway. Um, So Th1... That is responsible for inside the cell. So those intact, those attack invaders inside the cell. They t- the Th1 tends to release the most pro-inflammatory cytokines. It it's a necessary evil because we need those cytokines. We need them to kill off pathogens, viruses, and invaders. Um, however. 
that's when you get that huge immune response. That's when your cytokines are too high or you can never clear them out or you can never calm down. That is when it becomes a problem when you can't ever turn it off. That's when autoimmunity starts, <clears throat> autoimmune disease. Um, so that's your Th1 system. That works inside the cell. It's called intracellular. Uh, Th2 um, this pathway, um, this also produces cytokines, um, but this works outside the cell. It's called um, your humoral um, immune system. And this kind of, in a way, is like you could think of the Th2 as maybe your beneficial or like the good immune system. I mean, it's not that simplistic, um, but it tends to cause less damage than the Th1 pathway. So you kind of want these two pathways, Th1 and Th2, to be balanced and working together. You don't want a dominant Th1 pathway where you're just always in kill, 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 because that would be overactive immune system. Um, but the Th2 pathway, this is the one um, that's kind of responsible for um, killing off parasites. Now, this is significant because parasites will actually upregulate the Th2 system. The Th2 system releases a certain interleukin called interleukin-4. <clears throat> Now, this interleukin-4, that is the thing that binds to macro macrophages that hold viruses at bay. So when you hear the word macrophage, think of um, a cell that engulfs viruses and pathogens. That's what the macrophages do. So they are the things that are actually eating up and fighting off viruses. So when your Th2 system is upregulated and releasing interleukin-4, which is binding the macrophages, the macrophages can't do their job. The viruses proliferate in the host and then cause illness. So the overall net effect is that a parasitic infection is going to dampen the body's ability to fight off viruses. So that is the connection between viruses and parasites and why we want to actually be concerned with killing off some parasites in order to boost your immune system and to not get sick so easily by, you know, whatever you come in contact with. So like if you find your yourself or your family is constantly sick with colds and flus and, you know, undiagnosed viral infection, um, you know, you might want to dig a little deeper and think about why is my immune system not able to fight off all of these viruses? Do we need to start thinking about the root cause? Is it a parasitic infection that you might want to think about eradicating some parasites, doing a cleanse for the overall net effect that you're going to have better immunity? So, I mean, it's just an interesting take. It's a little bit different. Um, but I do think this can be one of the root causes of why we're all getting sick so easily. Um, it's just because that, um, you know, those, that TH1 that holds the viruses at bay, it's being overpowered. So it's just, it's an interesting theory to think about. Um, anyway, fun tip is that a fetus 
actually has an innate bias towards your Th2 helper cells. So that is interesting. And that actually helps protect them in utero. So if the mother is having too many pro-inflammatory cytokines, her immune system is kind of like always being upregulated up and kind of like always on fire, that is not good. Um, she is going to have an overactive Th1 pathway, and that is associated with poorer outcomes for the fetus. Like you might start to see um, a little bit more preterm labor when the mother is being bombarded with all these inflammatory cytokines. I just thought that was like a really fascinating connection. So just like one more reason why you don't want inflammation, like taking care of your health now is pretty important. We don't want to be bombarded with all kinds of inflammation. So that being said, what can we do about these pro-inflammatory cytokines? What can you do about protecting and boosting your immune system? Well, I mean, there's many things that you can do. Um, I'm going to suggest there's two things that I'll talk about today. Um, these are antioxidants. One you're probably pretty familiar with, and that's vitamin C. However, I would take it a step further and I would say um, liposomal vitamin C. Um, the reason why you want to do liposomal vitamin C um, is because they have found that this liposomal delivery system is far more effective than the water-soluble form of vitamin C. Um, so the liposome delivery, it's a lipid layer. Every cell in your body is covered in a phospholipid bilayer. So lipids repel water, water repels lipids. They don't like to interact. If you've ever tried to make a salad dressing with vinegar and oil, you know that they instantly separate. That is what is happening with um, water and your fat cells. Um, they are separated. So if you do a fat-soluble liposomal delivery system, that's going to have an affinity for that phospholipid bilayer of the cell and be able to get into the cell just a little bit more efficiently. So that just basically means you're having better absorption if you do the liposomal vitamin C. Um, so that's the reason why um, we have been steering people towards this liposomal form, which is basically just a fat-soluble form of vitamin C. Um, so vitamin C, it's, oh man, it is a, it's a cofactor for so many different reactions in your body. But, um, I mean, you can use it for like so many different things, uh, like better skin because it builds collagen. Um, but when we're talking about the immune system, it actually has pretty important implications in the immune system. Um, so the reason why vitamin C affects the immune system is because it's actually a substrate when you're making um, certain immune cells. So you actively need vitamin C as in ascorbic acid when you are producing certain um, immune cells. And the same for glutathione. 
So I don't know if anyone has heard of glutathione. Um, this is kind of an interesting one to me because this is a master antioxidant that is in control of many different reactions in the body. Literally every cell in your body has a certain amount of glutathione, um, but this isn't really something that is taught in conventional education. Like I did not hear of glutathione once in my um, undergraduate or my dietetic internship. This is something I learned after school, which is just always mind-blowing to me, the difference between conventional and functional nutrition. Um, but glutathione is a master antioxidant. It's responsible for maintaining redox homeostasis. Um, so you're going to be more susceptible to dysregulation of both Th1 and Th2 immune system pathways if you don't have enough of this master antioxidant glutathione. Um, so this is a really important one when you're talking about immune health. You do not want to be low on antioxidant status if you are at all concerned with immune health. And that includes whether you have seasonal allergies, asthma, or if you're worried about coronavirus. Um, that's That includes all of those conditions, include your immune health. So you really want to be thinking about these two very important at antioxidants. And yes, vitamin C is an antioxidant um, that is involved in many different reactions, but so is glutathione. Um, so the only caveat here is, again, you want to do the liposomal glutathione, um, just again, because it has that lipid layer, which has an affinity for the cells because the cells are also composed of lipids. And it, I really don't have enough good things to say about vitamin C and glutathione. It's really, the more you look into it, the more uses they have. I mean, it's not just immune system regulation. Um, some people use liposomal vitamin C and glutathione for hair growth. Um, some people even say it can help you reverse or stop the growth of gray or white hair. Um, I don't know if that is true or not. Um, I will say my hair has been growing like crazy since I started using the liposomal vitamin C. Um, but then again, it could also be the mineral, the CT minerals that I'm using as well. I use the Cellcore CT minerals. Those I think have also been very instrumental in helping my hair grow. Seems like hair growth and nail growth seems to be related to like a lot of trace minerals, Sometimes a multivitamin doesn't contain all of those, like um, you need smaller amounts of trace minerals. And I've just, I haven't really seen trace minerals listed on a lot of multivitamins. So I think when you switch to um, like a trace mineral brand, hair and nails really take off. But I do think the vitamin C has something to do with it as well. So I have ordered my liposomal glutathione. I want to try that out. Um, I do have a friend who has done the food sensitivity program and she, she has asthma. So, um, she wanted to lower her inflammation. So she did the um, the LEAP program, the LEAP diet, um, the food sensitivity test, and then the meal plan. She's been on that. And we started her on liposomal glutathione and did that for only two weeks. 
I saw her and asked how things were going. And she said, amazing. I'm hitting PRs every single time I go mountain biking. Um, so I just, I could not be happier with her progress. So I think her body just needed that antioxidant boost, you know, having asthma basically her whole life. I have no doubt she was low on glutathione. So I think she just needed some of her antioxidant status restored. Um, and so feeling much better and breathing better and reaching those PRs on her mountain bike. So it's, honestly, that's just like really exciting. I, I love hearing those stories. That just makes my day. And honestly, that is the reason why I do what I do. Um, so that is just one of the examples of how you can use glutathione. Um, I have not tasted it yet. Um, I ordered it, so it is in the mail. Um, I will let people know what it tastes like. Uh, my friend that tried it, she tried, um, I, I can't quite remember which brand she used, but she said it came in like a gooey type substance, which she thought was really disgusting. And honestly, that did not sound very appetizing to me either. So I am looking into um, some other brands to try and I'll let you know what that tastes like. Uh, I will say liposomal glutathione is pretty expensive. Um, this is an expensive antioxidant. Some bottles are up to like $80, $90 even. Um, so I think you can find it probably a little bit cheaper. I've been looking around on Amazon and comparing prices to Fullscripts. Um, Fullscripts is the kind of like the dispensing system that I use. And I do think that you're probably going to find it for a little bit cheaper on Fullscripts. Um, there's a few different options, of course, like if you, the more you buy, the more expensive it is going to be for the most part. I saw some in caps, usually this comes in like a, a liquid type substance, but I did see some capsules for glutathione as well um, that were reasonably priced. I think that was around like $50. I wanted to try the liquid form of glutathione because I want to know what it tastes like. Um, so I will let you know if that is any good. Uh, the liposomal vitamin C, I didn't have any problem with that. I thought it was delicious. I would mix it into my protein powders or yogurt. Um, it was just lightly sweetened. Um, so didn't bother me at all. That one was delicious. So we'll see about the, the liposomal glutathione and what that tastes like and what it might be able to be mixed in. Um, but yeah, I would, I would probably order from full scripts first, just because I trust the quality and purity and the storage conditions. It's, I would say professional grade. Um, you don't have to wear it like on Amazon. I do kind of worry like, uh, what kind of, because antioxidants, they are a little bit delicate. Like you don't really want these to be stored in super high temperatures. It is the middle of July right now. So I do worry about sellers on Amazon. Like how long has this been sitting in your garage and in what conditions has it been sitting in? So I, I did stop buying certain supplements off of Amazon. Um, and I would probably say, um, if you're going to buy off Amazon, probably just don't buy these two particular ones off Amazon just because they are a little bit more delicate. So I would use full scripts for these two. But that's all I'm going to say about that. 
Um, <clears throat> anyways, I hope this discussion was informative and interesting and can help offer some insight into why so many people are getting sick these days and um, honestly just not really feeling their best. And no one is really talking about how parasitic infection can potentially contribute to that. It's just not really a conventional go-to. Um, now, of course, like our testing methods are just not great. So a lot of tests can simply not pick up on parasites. Like a lot of stool tests are going to miss them. So I think until we have better detection methods, it is probably going to be something that flies under the radar. I was pretty fortunate. I did have a client who um, we did a GI map on and we did actually, it did turn up a parasite on hers. So that was really interesting to actually see that show up because most of the time they do not. Um, I'm not really sure why that is. I don't know if it's because they are just simply like attached to the intestinal wall. So they're not actually in the stool. I don't know if it's just the limitation of the test itself could be both. Um, I don't know why that is, but I will say I, I hope that we do get better detection methods so that this can be put on more people's radar. Um, cause I do think this is contributing to a lot of chronic illnesses and people are just not testing for it. It's not on anyone's radar. And I think this is going to be the next big thing. So I'm just kind of excited to share this alternative point of view. Hope it was helpful. Of course, I'm always interested in hearing from you guys. So if you do want to connect with me, um, you can uh, find me on Instagram. It's Hillary with one L underscore Regan underscore RDN. That is me. Um, of course, check out my website. Um, that's where you can find me if you are interested in coaching, whether that be fat loss or just feeling better. Um, so that is going to be www.volitiondietitian.com. Um, and you can also get to the full script dispensary um, by going onto my website. There will be a link there at the top right-hand corner of my webpage. Um, so you can just create a free account. It, there's no like membership or anything. It's completely free to sign up for full scripts. And then you can um, browse products. You can buy protein powders, professional grade collagen. You can buy creatine. You can buy um, clean workout brands, BCAs, EAAs. I have a full um, like fitness protocol up there so you can check that out if any um, if anyone is beginning their fitness journey or in the thick of it, you might want to look at some products that can help you in your fitness journey and kind of give you that like edge because let's face it, fitness, exercise, tracking macros, it's all it's hard. So um, I do rely a lot on um, different supplements to kind of get me through those difficult spots. I do a lot of protein powder. Um, I do creatine regularly, not every day, because I do feel like my skin is pretty sensitive to it. I think it does kind of cause me to break out just a little bit, um, but I love the way I feel on creatine. It is such an energy boost. Um, so I have that as part of the fitness protocol. A little bit goes a long way. You don't necessarily need to do the 
five grams a day as a lot of people will recommend. Um, you can do as little as 500 milligrams or maybe even just like one gram a day. I probably don't even take that much. I probably just take it two or three times a week. Um, so that is under the fitness protocol. There are some amazing brands of protein on full scripts and everything has super clean ingredients. You're just, you're not going to get the artificial sweeteners. You're not going to get those icky fillers. Everything is clean and professional grade. It's kind of intended for um, people who are conscientious of their health and care about feeling good. So um, you can check out those products. It's basically like browsing professional grade Amazon. So quality is always pretty much guaranteed when you buy through full scripts. It's free, easy, convenient to set up an account. So I would definitely check that out. I um, hope you all are doing well. I'll talk to you next time.